On this episode of the Back It Up Pod, we talk about whooping up on the Vikings to get the number one seed. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. Third and five pass is caught. Lazard. Touchdown. There it is. History for Aaron Rodgers on Christmas Day at Lambeau. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and our friend Andy, filling in for Dan, who's on vacation. I thought he was dedicated to this podcast, but luckily we have other people that fill in for him. So, right. welcome, boys. Step in, do my best, Dan, and <laughs> Dan impression. So let's let's just talk about this. Uh, Packers became the first team in NFL history have 13 wins in three straight years with the win they become the number one seed no doubt about it heading into the final week they can sit just about everybody from Detroit even though we are sitting about half the team regardless and Minnesota Vikings are no longer a playoff team so first and foremost uh, I know we've mentioned it before we'll mention it again how incredible is this three-year run that the Packers are on I can't I can't believe that we're the first team to have 13 wins. When you actually think of like all the dynasties that have existed in the NFL, um, you know, I, I know they used to play a little less games, but for, for us to be the first to do it three years in a row and not have a Super Bowl is a little depressing, but that's coming, right, boys? Um, but it is so impressive that they have been so consistent in the regular season. You know, they've sort of figured out you know, when to rest people, you know, they don't need everybody for every game. And they, they've really figured out how to get a good flow with their backups and starters um, and really build a depth. And I think that's why they've been able to be successful in the regular season, because even when someone goes down, the next person up has been able to, you know, do a good job, maybe not as good, but be able to still fulfill his ability. Yeah, I just think it's uh, I mean, I think we all liked going with a younger guy for the Packers as head coach. I don't think there's a single Packer fan. And I'm talking about out of millions of Packer fans that would have looked at LaFleur and been like, this dude is going to break every historical record for a coach, for an organization. It's just unbelievable. And the more we win, the more it just seems like why would Aaron Rodgers go elsewhere? Why would Devontae Adams go elsewhere? Assuming that there's some way to financially make this work. I just, you look at this offense, you look at this team, you look at this culture that they've built, man, I hope they can put it away this year and, and end on top. But my goodness, this is just, just an incredible run. Yeah. It's crazy too. I mean, Having never been done before, 13 wins in a season, you know, however many games they keep adding on to the season length, I don't think it matters. I think when you look at these past three years, there is a little bit of luck involved. A lot of it is skill. You got to give a, a ton of credit to LaFleur. I know that there are some other good coach of the year candidates out there, but hopefully the uh, the statement of work he's that he's put out there for the last three years gives him an, enough uh, extra few bonus points for this season 
just to say that no team has ever won 13 games because it's so hard, especially with the number of injuries season to season, you know, two seasons, back-to-back seasons now through COVID being able to uh, go out there and just fielding guys. We had a stretch there in the middle of the year where it felt like they were just going and picking up uh, edge rushers just off the street. Like, Hey, you played pretty well a while ago. You want to step in here. Um, so it, it's just unbelievable and boost to your point about why would Rogers or Adams want to leave? Yeah, I think, and, and we've heard a lot of people touch on it, that it seems like Rogers relationship with the team has gotten a lot better. So that's great to hear. And yeah, I don't, I don't know how you could want to go play for any other team given the year over year success, never been done before. Yeah, and it it felt good to beat up on Minnesota, who has always seemed to give us trouble. Final score, 37 to 10, and by all means, it, it probably should have been worse. I felt like, you know, got a little field goal happy there in the, the first quarter, bleeding into the second, but then started to really take care of business. And I want to focus on this Vikings offense and our defense first, because obviously there was a lot of, talk about well cousins is in here and Thielen's been shut down for the season but you look up and down the defense still had to show up this is still an nfl situation and i mean we won games in arizona without our top three receivers so uh for cook to end the game with 13 yards i would have bet my house if somebody came to me from the future and goes look cook's only going to get 50 you know less than 15 yards there is no way that i wouldn't sell everything i own to make that bet and it had happened and justin jefferson ended with six catches for again under 60 yards i mean we didn't get any turnovers and we only got the two sacks from smith and from gary but you got to be happy with a rough start by the defense that looked a little weak at, at first, but then absolutely shut it down the rest of the game. Props to Joe Barry. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's been killing it this year. Talk about a, a change from from one year to the next in D coordinators. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, just great game plan. I think that Zimmer, you know, I think they, they should have stuck to the run a little bit more. You mentioned it in the beginning. It looked like they were having some success there on the edge. Uh, we were having some trouble uh, holding that edge. They were getting to the outside. And I think you all had mentioned it last week. Vikings love to run uh, outside the tackles and, and they just didn't, they didn't stick with it, which was a surprise given that Mannion had, had, I don't even know that he even got to practice. He had come right off COVID list into the starting lineup. So I just thought Joe Bear did a great job scheming it up, even to not get any turnovers. It felt like we, we really dominated the the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I, especially how after the first quarter went, you know, it, and it's three nothing, you know, and, and we scored right after going into the second there. Um, but the fact that Dalvin Cook, your best player on your team, you know, to win this game, only got nine carries it just blows my mind. Um, I I thought they'd have a ton more success in the run game. You know, and some of it, I think, has to do with how we played. But at the at the other hand, I think it was just a failure to call those type of plays uh, for Dalvin Cook. So I think our defense got a little lucky in that aspect. Um, they got they got sort of caught up in the pass game. And, and because Sean Mannion was playing pretty decent, 
Um, so I, I, I don't know how they got distracted that much to only give Dalvin Cook nine carries um, and only three catches for zero yards. I mean, that, that's insane to see that stat. Um, but I love what our defense is doing. You know, they, they called it out on air that the Packers have had a lot of success in zone this year, but it looks like man, because when, when the players come into their zone, the, the, our defenders are locking on to those players and playing extremely underneath coverage most of the time. But with that has come interceptions, right? That's the glory of it. And normally you normally give up more deep balls because of that, but that hasn't been happening either. Justin Jefferson, his longest was 16. I mean, that's amazing to keep a guy of that talent um, locked down to 9.7, you know, average per catch. I mean, that it's a great stat. Now, KJ Osborne, yeah, he, he had a little, a little day for himself, but good for you. You know, we shut down the star. Um, so I'm excited to see because that type of defense excels in the playoffs. Uh, when you take advantage of the situations or, you know, miscommunications that the offense happens to give you, we are taking advantage of those times. Um, so I hope we continue to play this way for sure. Yeah, and two big points to that is brought up. I mean, it almost felt like the Vikings outthought themselves, that they go, all right, the Packers know we don't have Cousins, so they're going to assume we're going to go with Cook. And then they just never went to Cook. And it, it's just crazy that they almost overthought this to the extent of you have a guy that hasn't started a game in three years that had one – I think maybe he had stepped on the practice field for one day. Like it's just one of those that's just like why would you not continually try to make the Dalvin Cook drives work? I mean last time he was in Lambeau they talked about it. He had over 200 yards. Like this dude does well against the Packers and to not see him at all is just so confusing and to your point exactly they limited big plays the long the second longest play by the vikings was a play in which conklin got smashed by amos the ball trickles back and the center bradbury picks up and runs it for 21 yards that was their second biggest play of the day was their center getting a fluky immaculate reception to go for 21 could, could you imagine incredible. if this game was close how big that play would have been <laughs> that would have been awesome i i was rooting that would have been cool to see but I, uh, the other thing i wanted to bring up and and something that we have not done very well at and granted i know they were missing players yada 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 minnesota fans but the fact that the packers held the vikings to 3 for 16 on third and fourth downs two of 12 on third down specifically is awesome like just didn't mess around didn't give the vikings opportunities i don't know how many three and outs there were it felt like it was around six or seven for the game but it's just an incredible job in terms of don't let them even get the chance to get something going i think that was huge for the packers yeah, they they cleaned up the tackling from this game to to last immensely, which hugely helped. And it seemed like they were in third and forever, basically for the second quarter on. So I don't know that they had didn't feel like Minnesota had many opportunities at those at those third and short yardages. But that's a that's a huge stat. I mean, when you're when you're holding them to to three of sixteen on third and fourth down, I mean, yeah, you're getting them off the field. That's that's amazing. Yep. I want to I want to specifically call out two players. Do Chris it. Barnes, Do it. Chris mm. Barnes. You played solid, but he it always looks and I, maybe you guys agree, maybe you disagree, but it always looks like he's about to miss the play 
But this time he didn't <laughs> miss the play. But it always looks like, oh, he's going to overrun it again. But but he's playing well. And if he continues to play like that, um, it it frees up everyone else because Campbell doesn't have to cover his ass. You know, you know, the, the, the defensive line can fail at times and Chris Barnes can still shoot the gaps. Um, it's key that he keeps playing like that uh, for our run defense to stay solid. Um, but the second one, Kevin or not Kevin King, Kenny Clark. Um, stat line did not show his disruption in the whole entire game. He was taking on two double teams left and right um, and making sure to not get pushed back and hold the hole. Um, it, I mean, if this defense and the defensive line specifically can continue this consistency with pass rush and containing the edge and with Kenny Clark up the middle stuffing the holes, I mean, who can beat us? Who? Yeah, yeah, Kenny, and I think yeah. Go ahead, Andy, because I think we're going to say the same thing. Kenny Clark being healthy and available, it, it makes that defensive line look totally different. I love that he got a little screen time there during the game where they were just highlighting. It, it it felt like every time they were showing a replay of Kenny Clark, he's just busting through uh, double teams or you know gets pushed to the ground, gets back up, chasing the play down. I noticed uh, on a few, a a couple screenplays that he was able, maybe didn't make the tackle, but recognized it, blew it up, and allowed uh, the defense to kind of rally and and help out. Yeah, and I think uh, this is exactly what I was going to mention. I think it was in the third quarter. They did a Kenny Clark montage in which it was just him double teaming in the center. And it was just like nothing came to him. It was just, it's, it's amazing to see. And at some point in my dream is we are going to, and, and maybe Slayton does that with time, but just get some SEC big concrete block dudes to match up with him because he's doing so much work by himself that I can't even imagine a day in time where we just have these big bodies that do a little bit more than Lowry and Lancaster, even though that both of those guys showed moments uh, on Sunday night. But overall, great performance. And let's switch gears to this offense Wait, that Gary's oh. also a half sack away from double digit sack season. Oh, yeah. I know he sucks. He sucks. Yeah, he sucks. I mean, at some point he's going to show up, but can, congrats, I guess. Uh, so let's talk about this offense. Uh, I think Jordan loved look great. I'm excited to see four more quarters out of him this regular season. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers. I am, I'm going to say only uh, only 288 for two touchdowns because I felt like with the MVP campaign, which I know he doesn't care about, he cares about that second ring more, needed a little bit more, a little bit more. But overall, just an amazing game by Devontae Adams. I don't know how you stop him. I, I He caught the ball in about six different ways, whether it was back shoulder, turning at the exact moment the ball came, just looping it over like he was getting a handoff. Absolutely amazing. Lazard, I think I can officially stamp, which will probably jinx him, that he's he's on for this year. Like, do we feel comfortable about Lazard from here on out just taking care of business? He feels like he's hitting a stride. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and I think the whole reason we win a Super Bowl this year is because of Devontae Adams' attitude. Mm. Um, he is determined. I mean, that's the best way to describe his play. Every catch he makes, he expects to score. He wants to score on every catch, and he runs that way. He runs his routes that way, um, and he blocks that way. It's it's fantastic to watch. I 
I love watching the wide receivers um, and, and how they incorporate their whole entire game. Yes, you always have your home run wideouts, right? But when you see a guy like this that can literally do it all and he helps teach others to do it all, it, it, it's fantastic to watch. And you're right. I don't see anyone stopping them. It's incredible how much separation he can create in the first tenth of a second of his movement. Um, how he moves his feet with misdirection at the line, it's incredible to watch. Uh, yeah, sky is the limit for this offense in the postseason, I think. Oh, Adams is uncoverable. I mean, it it definitely helps that you have 12 behind center, and, and Rodgers was just on all day. Just watching the first half, the just the word that came to mind was efficient. It seemed like on that first drive, which should have ended in a touchdown, perfect throw over the middle to DeGuara. We have to settle for a field goal. So it should have been what, 24 to three or something like that at halftime. Um, but, you know, you just, I guess growing up, you never saw guys throw to a receiver that was covered in those ways. I mean, for all intents and purposes, Adams is covered on those throws. The defender is in perfect position, but because yeah. he's yeah. not looking, Rogers just throws it past his ear hole and Adams waits the last second, throws his hands out, drops the toes in, and, you know, you get a 15, 20, 25-yard completion like it was nothing. Like, he's not even trying. They're just having fun out there. Um, you know, I, I really hope that the team's able to to get a contract in place and, and extend Adams and, and, and Rodgers, of course. I think Lazard had a great game, you know, six for 72 on six targets. That was nice to see. I think Lazard has struggled at times to uh, hold some passes in. Not, not all of them are his fault, but it was nice to see an efficient game from him. And then the running game. I mean, we had just between Jones and Dylan over 130 yards rushing. They were averaging like six yards a carry. I mean, that's that's incredible. And I love watching A.J. Dillon in sub-zero temperature and cannot wait to see him in the playoffs just mauling guys. They really, the whole league kind of does this. You've seen this, uh, most teams are incorporating this uh, sort of scrum running where, and I think Chris Collinsworth actually mentioned it on the broadcast where uh, you're seeing running backs kind of jam up in line and then having uh, the the outside linemen sort of layer over and get into like a rugby scrum where they're just driving a pile forward. So uh, I think when you have, when AJ Dillon is your ball carrier in that situation, you're gonna, you're gonna pick up some pretty hard earned yards there, especially when it comes down to goal line situations where I think we've, uh, we've, we definitely struggled early in the year. So I'm, I'm excited to see that come, come play off football. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm bummed that Dan's not on this episode because <laughs> how many times has he talked about all I want to see is Aaron Jones go off in the first half and then A.J. Dillon own the second half, and that's exactly what happened. The fact that Jones went for 76 yards, boom, I want to say he got like 60-some in the first half, and then here comes A.J. Dillon just going for a dozen carries in the second half. It was the quintessential Dan game, and he's not here to talk about it. So I'm, this is a shout-out to him because he would be crying. He'd be opening a beer at the same time and being like, I just wanted to see it, and I did. So that just it's just awesome. We have the perfect backfield in the NFL. Both guys do different things from a ground perspective. 
both have hands, both are getting substantially better at blocking ability. And before we transition to Josh for his comment, shout out again. And I, I know that this Vikings defensive front is nowhere near where they thought they would be. But to give up zero sacks with, again, a makeshift crew and without big dog helping out, it's just a huge testament, again, of how deep we are with this line, uh, that we did what we wanted to do, and the amount of times that Aaron Rodgers had time, just not even stepping up in the pocket, just remaining in the pocket was unbelievable. I love it. Uh, I I can't wait to see what Love does next week. That's exactly what I was going to touch on was the offensive line. You know, not only are they playing well, none of them look confused. You know, these guys have been moved around left and right all year long. I think we, I mean, we definitely have one rookie. Is there, are there two rookies on the line right now? I think it's one just rookie. the one. Yeah, just one rookie. Um, and then a, a, a bunch of first-year starters. And, and to see just the cohesiveness that you see in not only the pass game, you know, because the pass game can be maneuvered with Aaron Rodgers because he's very quick in the pocket. He knows how to read uh, the pressure very well and get rid of the ball, but also in the run game and specifically the power run game, which it's, you know, double team going to the second line, getting the linebacker and cleaning up and letting the running back do his job. And it's happening consistently every week. It's fantastic to watch because literally we've had how many different offensive line setups. Um, I mean, definitely double digits and we continue to have the same type of success and being able to call the same type of plays and not have to limit the play calls based off of who's our center, who's our left tackle, our third left tackle currently. Um, it, it's, it's fun to watch. And I, I think that offensive line coach should get all the credit at the end of the year. And it great job. Great job. Yeah. And I think the awesome thing too is, and I don't quote me on this. I know for a fact Brown's game and this Vikings game, we're not getting holding calls. We're not getting these dumb false start penalties. I think the one offensive line penalty was was Taylor did that weird double team block or something at one point. Like it wasn't it's not you'd think with inexperience you'd have these moments where Kelly just gets burnt and just grabs and holds on and we're not. And that's what's so exciting is uh, and I want to touch on it in a bit is what we're getting back is playing with house money because you're having somebody like Bakhtiari and Josh Myers that if they play, they play. If they don't, it's it, I feel like I'm comfortable now. And granted, maybe it changes a little bit if we face L.A. or if we face Tampa uh, in the playoffs. But the ability to be like our backup left tackle could be a, a 90% Bakhtiari, like holy mackerel. Like that's where I think that this team has grown so confident that our best players right now started the season on either a practice squad or were like third stringers. And that's what makes a Super Bowl team is when you're going through dozens of players being like, yeah, they're all, they're all contributing in some way. I'd go back to the Rams game where you have a, a great defensive front that had very little effect on us. You know, Ryan, or um, sorry, Josh touched on it earlier. You mentioned uh, the power run game. Uh, I thought it quite entertaining. There was a couple of times where 
um, sweeps to the outside, you have a, a guard pulling or a tackle pulling and uh, they chip on the first level, move up to this. And they were literally just looking for people to block. Uh, there was Aaron Jones had a run down the left side where I think it was Nyman went out and he just had nobody to block. He, he had to come back to get uh, to kind of clip a, a linebacker coming who may not even have made it to Aaron Jones, but that was a lot of fun to watch. But yeah, to your point, you know, I think it's, it's tough to, get a sense against this Minnesota team, you know, no Everson Griffin, no Denise Honor, who are easily their two best D line. They mentioned, you know, they highlighted Sheldon Richardson having to play on the edge who, who's a fine. He's, he's good in the center, but he's no, he's no edge rusher. And with Rogers getting the ball out as quick as he does, uh, that yeah, the, their D line stood no chance, but it is pretty exciting to know that, uh, do not have to worry about if a guy goes down, who's coming in next, uh, especially as we start to get healthy and hopefully Bakhtiari is ready. I'm, I'm starting to be a little more skeptical, Come on, but Come on. yeah. <laughs> so let's just look ahead real, real briefly to this Detroit matchup. That means nothing except for pride and joy. And, and I hope we would just pull it out, but of note, I would assume that Rodgers doesn't play at all. I assume that a lot of our big names don't play. Devontae Adams came out saying he wants to play. But then you look and realize that he's about 22 yards or something like that away from being the Packers single season receiving yards leader in the the great history of the Packers. Jordy Nelson had it from 2014. Does you let him play, get those 21 yards, then go, great, cool, man, get off the field? Or do you go, sorry, like it is what it is. You did what you did. I I love (laughs) I love what Devontae Adams is doing because I I don't think they should play the whole game. You know, I I don't think that. Um, But I think they need to play. You know, it's important to football players are all about, you know, their their same schedule. You know, they like doing the same things at the same time and keeping consistency. And when you don't play on a Sunday, plus you're going to be, you know, have the bye week in the playoffs. That's two weeks of not playing football, a live football. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't like that. You know, I, I really don't like that. I hope that they play. I know Aaron Rodgers probably won't, um, but I, I hope that everybody else does a little bit. You know, maybe even if it's just one or two, you know, series. Just just to, you know, rub off that dust, you know, get get prepped, you know, stay serious for the playoffs. Um, But I love it. I I hope they do play a little bit. Yeah, 100 percent agree with everything you said. Bye weeks uh, in the playoffs scare me a little bit. I think you see a lot of a lot of teams that end up winning Super Bowl are getting hot at the end of the season. Uh, You know, we did it. Uh, Tampa Bay did it last year. You come in as a wild card playing your best football and you just roll. And sometimes I feel like bye weeks, you can get a little rusty and you feel like you come into that, that divisional game. Uh, and, and it feels like the first, you know, it takes you a quarter, a quarter and a half to get warmed up. And by that time, you know, somebody might've punched you in the mouth and, and you have to completely change your game plan. So not playing worries me a little bit, but at the same time, just, get out of the game healthy. That's all I want. Mm-hmm. And, and look okay doing it. I really hope yeah. Bach plays. I want to see Bach. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing. We'll probably spend a little bit more time uh, when Dan joins us later in the week, but it seems like one of those scenarios where you have a number of guys sitting there that I wouldn't mind seeing a series or two, even Jair, just getting out there and saying, hey, how are we feeling? Because, you know, this week, next week, then by the time you get to Saturday or Sunday of, of the next round, to have guys sitting there for three weeks, I do not like well, at all. So, and could you start Bach or Jair without them mm. ever starting? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, could you start them in the playoffs when you know what is working? You know what has been successful. Yes, these guys are probably more talented, but are they healthy and ready? You know, I, I think mm-hmm. that's a great point, and I'm I'm right on board. That's why we need to see them. So, that will do it for this episode, Andy. Uh, you are way, way better than any Vikings backup could have been coming in last minute to perform. So I, uh, we appreciate your, your flexibility of recording guys. We're just, we're so good. We're so good. Like we need 2022. Yeah. We need this to be a great year. Until then. Thanks everybody. Go pack up.